Once again, you already know what it is. You already know where you have reached the number one collaborative podcast anywhere in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Sean Hubbard, uh, representing Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. And to my left, your right is none other than the world famous, world renowned, even though he won't say it, I'll say it, Conrad Cushman of Everything Pro Wrestling. We are so happy to be with you for the Halloween edition of Clash of the Podcast. It's crazy right now. So much stuff going on. We're going to be talking Crown Jewel. We're going to be talking about the most famous and most infamous Halloween characters in WWE and pretty much wrestling history. We're going to be talking about so much stuff, and it all starts right now. Hubbard Wrestling Weekly is in here. EPW is in here. You're in here. It's Clash of the Podcast. Let's go. everybody it is spooky season here on clash of the podcast i hope you may be out listening with uh some younger people trick-or-treating you might be the younger person ticket trick-or-treating tonight uh go out there have a ball be safe always be safe when you're out in these streets uh keep your head on a swivel and let's talk a little pro wrestling let's make this a little bit easier whether you're listening to this beforehand or afterwards uh i'm glad that you are here for me and sean thank you so much um, I see E already in here saying we were late. Uh, we were having a serious discussion beforehand. Scout's honor. Some real, life, some real life got in the way, but we're here. Yeah, sometimes, you know, we got to talk, man. Uh, brotherhood brotherhood before the podcast here. So, But I appreciate that you are here, E. I see you put the little laugh emoji, so I'll take it. Mr. Pro Wrestling 1 in the house, what is good? I see you with the Bullet Club logo. What's good? Uh, Rob in the house saying, Ayo. I'll see you later, Rob, afterwards. I know you'll be up in the house. Your boy ML Maddie Lopez in the house saying good evening, ghouls and goblins. ML, what's the vibes, Kate? Um, oh, we got TikTok, Diggs, BTW7. What's good, Diggs? Diggs, feel free to also join us on the YouTube channel. Feel free, come on over, come talk to us. Nice, nice. Uh, BJ's in the house saying what up, y'all? What's good, BJ? BJ's, what up? BJ just dropped an episode on Friday uh, for his show, The Countout, that we put on Everything Pro Wrestling. Check it out, the audio version. BJ runs through the news of the week that we miss here, and then he gives his predictions of what he thinks is going to happen. So he had some doozies this week. Okay. Um, I really like it. I really like it. So make sure you guys are checking out everything that is going on here on Everything Pro Wrestling and Hubbard Weekly. All of those links are in the description below. If you're watching on the video version of YouTube, we would appreciate a subscribe. It really helps out. Even if you're listening to the audio versions, go over to Everything Pro Wrestling, Hubbard Wrestling. Leave us a five-star review. It's pretty simple. Yes. You know what I mean? We need that. We need that Meltzer Tokyo Dome magic. We need that five-star. So make sure you help us out. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, oh, what's going on, Keenan Dion? What's good? Thank you so much for uh, popping in. I appreciate you, fam. Rob says, still hungover, go Bills. That's all right, Rob. That's all right. You hang in there, brother. You hang in there. Um, first, on topics tonight, Sean. Um, it, 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 we have like two or three topics that we can't avoid throughout the week. That's how I feel personally. It's crazy, like. I mean, me and you always have a plan during production, and then something happens. And I don't want to say we get thrown off track because we're doing we're doing our jobs. We're bringing the people what they want to talk about. But man, like that's why it's so hard to stick to one subject. There's so much stuff going on. 
so much stuff. We are back on the Phil Brooks Elite Saga. As soon as you think it's over, the Elite are coming back to television. As you guys can see on the thumbnail graphic, the Elite, the AEW logo fading away slowly. Well, CM Punk and his camp said not so fast. Right. I've got a lot of different news to talk about with this, Sean. I'm going to try and put this. I'm going to generalize this, folks. So this is not a quote. This is not anything, but I'm going to tell you the sources where it came from. According to Nick Hausman, the person CM Punk called out at the media scrum first, being friends with Scott Colton, which he was, and then he said he wasn't anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, CM Punk reached out to him that night, apparently, and issued an apology via text. He must have reached out to some friends who had his number. He said, hey, man, listen, I'm sorry that uh, I went off like that, blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't have targeted my stuff at you. Respectable, right? Right. Nick Housman then reached out to people in CM Punk's camp to get his side of the story of what has happened with the all-out brawl-out, as they're calling it. And it turns out that supposedly the elite came into the room, door got kicked in, swung open. I don't know what the story is anymore, but possibly Larry the dog, CM Punk's dog, got hit in the face, who made a run-in earlier that night. He got away from uh, Ace Steel's wife, apparently, who was watching the dog, and ran out. And apparently the dog, in some way, shape, or form, ended up having to have two teeth removed found out later at the vet. They said these two teeth are loose, so they got to get pulled out. It makes you wonder because that news came out probably right before the elite came back. I think I tweeted it 15 minutes before the dynamite review. So yeah, that was some rough timing news. And I know people are animal lovers in the chat and they don't want to see any animals get hurt, man. But does, what do you think? New piece of news. A lot of people aren't buying it. Chris Jericho, Dave Meltzer has come out and said that this had, this did not happen this way. This is not what happened. It's seven weeks later too. Like, well, that's the first thing. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's the first thing that popped up into my head. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not calling anybody a liar, um, a fabricator, what have you. But you know something? It has been – I was going to say two months. You, you correctly brought out it's seven weeks to be exact. I mean, come on, man. Like all this stuff coming out now, I mean, it sounds like damage control to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about Bailey. It sounds like damage control to me, and it sounds like an opportunity for – for people who feel like maybe they're being thrown under the bus to possibly make ways for themselves to be kind of looked at in a more endearing and sensitive light. Look, is it true? I wasn't there. You weren't there. But I'm hoping that nobody would use something like this to their advantage to make themselves look better. But again, it has been seven weeks. So it's like, ugh. do you expect everybody to just take it at face value? That's difficult. It, it really is. And, um, I think if this is true and there are some records to prove this, something that has some kind of merit to this, it changes the narrative of what happened then. And I think it's very strange um, how everything fell into place. Now, yeah. the other crazy thing is I heard that A. Steele's wife was in the room and that she was never interviewed for it. That's coming yeah. from both sides saying that that doesn't make sense for an investigation. Who's doing this investigation that... It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And that was something that stuck out to me like a sore thumb as well. Like, why the heck would she not be sat down and talked to? I mean, any investigation, anything that's being looked into where there has to be at least some kind of hope for a definitive result should include all parties that were involved or, or at least all parties that were standbyers that may have seen something. So, like, it's ridiculous to me that this is just happening now. Again, all this time has passed. It's like, you know, uh, for those of you who are familiar with with investigations, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a cop, but, you know, I know people that know people where it's like, listen, 
the earliest you get into this thing is the quickest you're going to get the most factual stuff. The more time that goes on, it, it, it gets very, very cloudy. So, and, and another thing from Nick Hausman's report was Punk was asked to stay quiet. The other parties are the ones who haven't been quiet. Right. Punk, he said, he said, you asked me to be quiet. I stayed quiet. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like he's talked to some people and they're trying to get his side of the story out. I don't know if it's Punk. I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe it's a steel. Who knows? We don't know the exact reason. And some of this is all hearsay when it comes to this. Right. Um, I think I started something else during the week as well, Sean. I don't know if you happen to catch those two clips that I posted from Wrestle, Wrestle Roast. I did. And Nick Hausman was a guest on there. And first off, let me just tell Nick Hausman, congratulations. He mentioned on the podcast he was getting married. I listened to the whole thing. Nice. So congratulations to him and his bride um, for you, brother. But in those, bro, I clipped two things that were mentioned. He thought that it was very funny that uh, Cody Rhodes was ran out by the elite. Now, I know, I know after this, like listening to me talk about this now, and it's like, ah, that seems kind of funny. Cody was there in the beginning with these guys when this all got started. And he said that Cody was ran off by the elite in their, I guess he basically put it up at, to high school antics, talking, rumor, mongering, stuff like that. Right. And he said that was part of the reason why Cody left. Cody went online afterwards to confirm that, no, that is not why he left. And he just said it was due to personal reasons that he wanted to win the big one. And I, and I did air quotes when I said big one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, to me, it sounded like a political answer. I'm sorry. Maybe you're I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're 100% right. And it's one of those things that definitely tie into the reason why Cody Rhodes has lost a little respect in the industry as well. Let's call a spade a spade. People are looking at him kind of like, yo, a little bit double talky, a little bit, you know, you kind of playing both sides of the fence here. And that comment is 100% to endear himself to his new, to his new employers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, following up with that, he also mentioned that Scott Colton and how he smeared his name in the back. So Scott Colton also seems like he's doing things in that passive aggressive way that people have rumored the elite to be where he's saying stuff behind your back, but won't say anything to your face. And he said that he smeared his name in the improv Chicago scene. So basically being a comedian on the improv stage, he basically told people not to work with this guy anymore. Nick Hausman. Right. So that's another factor in this. And he said, I wouldn't be surprised if Colt did the same thing to punk. Cause they said Colt was the one worried about punk coming in. And I keep telling people this, in my opinion, if punk wanted him gone, he would have been gone before he signed. He would have said, I'm not coming there until you get rid of that guy. Cole Cabana stayed around for a long time after that. He was in the dark order for a minute, yes. Yeah, so to me, there's a lot of mess that comes with all this. Jericho then says that CM Punk is a cancer to the locker room and he doesn't want him back. Depending on who you listen to, someone might say Jericho, he thrives in this situation because he's leveled up again now. Now he moves up the, the ranking order of importance. Um, him, Moxley, and Danielson now are like leaders of the locker room. We haven't heard of the EVPs have lost anything. What What are your thoughts on this overall, Sean? Let's put a cap on this for yeah, now. Well, number one, I want to say that the, the more this situation gets real, the more the facts get cloudy, and that's usually the opposite way things are supposed to go. The more facts come out, the more opportunity people should have in order to get some more definitive idea of what's going on. And honestly, I don't know if I'm speaking for my, myself or both of us or any of the viewing public right now, but I feel like the more facts come out or the more alleged facts that come out, the more cloudy the situation gets, which is concerning for me because it just continues to tie into the narrative 
that AEW is not run properly. And I and I, I look at that picture you just put up with, with Tony Khan with, with standing with Cody and the Bucks and everything like that. And it's just big smile on his face. And obviously this is back when the uh, during the inception of AEW. But um, you know, you look at his big smile, you look at how happy he is, and that's what I've said about him from the start. I think he's a good guy. If I saw him face to face, I would shake his hand, but I just feel like he has mismanaged this company, and I think he needs to hire somebody to represent the company from a human resources standpoint, from an operational standpoint, to nip these things in the bud. Because when you don't nip these things in the bud, you have situations just like this that continue to spiral out of control. We're still talking about this all this time later, and it hasn't gotten any more clear who's at fault, what's the situation, what are we doing moving forward? Nothing. Chat, I see you. I promise I'm going to get to your thoughts. I, I see a bunch of them popping up, but... And, I, and let me add one more thing, and I think Cody jumped ship in time to avoid a lot of this backlash that's going on right now. I think Cody saw this type of stuff coming, and he uh, obviously he couldn't... There wasn't foresight on his part to know what was going to actually happen, but I think Cody, though I'm not happy he left, I think Cody pulled a a Pete Carroll with the, the old USC uh, Trojans back in the, the mid 2000s. Like, you know what? He saw the Calvary coming and he just jumped ship. Hey, I think you're right. And he saw the opportunity. So listen, when WWE was releasing all those people with Cody, the bag was there. Mm -hmm. They have millions sitting there that they've released. Mm -hmm. You want somebody. Right. You want to be able to say, I can take any of your people like this. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is snap to do the Thanos snap. They're going to disappear like the elite did in that promo. He was like, who do I want? And Cody was the first one up. He was like, my contract's up first. I'm yeah. going to get the bag. And he went and did it. And he took Brandy with him. And it, We'll see. We'll probably never know the truth with Cody either, which is the funny part. You know what this reminds me of, Sean? Tell me if I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Is this this generation's Montreal? Is this this generation's Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Vince McMahon drama, all behind the scenes? We don't know what really happened. Why did Bret and Shawn first get mad at each other? Was it the click? Bret was on top. What What's the whole, you know, what's what's the deal with all this? I think it's food for thought for the I younger fans. Why you're saying that, and it does it does uh, it does correlate in many ways. It does. There's a little a lot of crossover as it relates to that situation and this situation over 20 years later. It's just now like you're looking at it from like unfortunately there was back then there was a lot more black and white that you can see. I mean, you knew something was wrong when the match ended. You knew something was wrong as the situation moved into the the coming months and Bret Hart going over to WCW. But this situation, you just don't know. It's like it's so cloudy of what the heck is going on it's like it's almost becoming annoying now before it was intriguing now it's starting to become a little annoying yeah because it's dra it's dragged out too long i'm curious to see what the reaction is going to be for the elite upon their return and if they're keeping the evp titles with all this stuff that has happened i think they get um, i think they get i know i'd boo them if i was live and, and yeah. everybody knows how critical i've been of cm punk during this situation but i've also seen it's not all cm punk's fault yeah, I, I could tell you when we went to Buffalo, Hangman Page got booed when he came oh, out. Really? I, don't know, I don't know if it could people could tell it loudly. I felt like they suppressed us a little bit on it when I went back because I wanted to see how loud the boos were. My section, there were a lot of boos. There was a person who was screaming for Hangman too, but there were more boos than cheers for once. And I was like, ooh, this well, is I'm glad I'm glad you were there live and I'm glad I was watching on TV for that purpose because I can say that it didn't come across that way on TV. Yeah. He definitely got booed, at least in pockets of uh, Buffalo. 
Um, Rob says we'll never escape this subject. I personally think we'll never hear the truth. Demond in the house was good. Demond, uh, the one person they need to talk to, they haven't. That's A Steele's wife. Yeah, that's terrible if they miss somebody. It felt like Punk's camp is messy on knowing what's what. And you got to remember too, when people are fighting, bro, there's only you have a tunnel vision. Like the only thing you're thinking about is whatever you're mad about, and your focus isn't on who was in the room, what's going on, and what's happening. So that's interesting. Uh, Matt Lopez says, yeah, I'm not calling someone on their BS, but putting out that news as word that the elite were coming back, it is weird. You never know. It could be a lawyer move, too. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Possible. Also, Jericho is giving out the look how mature and leaderly I'm being vibes with the reports if the reports are to be believed. Uh, I'd rather say the real low blow was when they ran that promo on Punk's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. You already know Punk's been soured on his wedding day and stuff like that as well. Yep. Uh, with it only being one side being told, this story is just fishy and I'm kind of over it. A Steel's wife should have been interviewed. It is very funny that this investigation is fishy. Chucky in the house. Hello, Chuckaroo. He says, Happy Halloween. Good to see you in here, Charles. Uh, Cody made the rule that he couldn't go for the AEW title. Cody wanted punk money. The F he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, that's. That was Cody's choice, man. He put that on himself, that rule. Sean, what did I tell you a long time ago? I don't remember which show it was. It might have even been before we started Clash of the Podcast. What did we argue about? Cody played himself in that, bro. You did that to yourself. We talked about this before. He boxed himself into a corner. Yes, he did. Um, If you look at that, uh, people didn't have a problem working with Punk since Hobbs and a lot of people for sure. I could tell you some stuff that I know off the record, some of the younger talent don't have a problem with CM Punk coming back. It's a lot of the older heads, and I'm leaving it at that. That's mm-hmm. all I'll tell you guys. Just peep the game. Jericho didn't do not didn't do nothing, Jack. Laugh out loud. He hates on Punk for January 6th reasons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, we're not getting into that. But I know what you're talking about. Well, I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. Uh, that's why he went solo in my Ice Cube voice. Let me see here. That this has those Brett Sean ninety seven vibes. Yep. Sean, remind me to clip that. That's going on the TikToks for us. That's Brett cool. Sean ninety seven. This is this is this generation's Montreal screw job, bro. Oh. Somebody somebody noticed. Someone clip it for us. All right, it's happening. Uh, imagine if Twitter was around in ninety seven. Oh no 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 no. People okay. would be fired. I agree, Conrad. We'll be talking about this forever. Yep. Cody is Pete Carroll at USC. Was Cody pumping rookies full of Royce before he dipped two up? All right. So, number one, positively, E, I got nothing but love for you, bro. But number one, that wasn't the reason that USC was investigated. And number two, I'm just simply saying that when, when power figures dip all of a sudden, it's usually for a reason. B-Boy Skyline, who is also from Buffalo, confirmed Hangman did get booed. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Hangman is being treated like he should. Boo, boo. I agree with that. Chucky said the screw job. Uh, Cody started the WWE versus AEW mess then leaves. I've, I've said that, too. He was one of the biggest proponents of getting people riled up for it, and then he left. That's why I lost a little bit of respect. But now, as I told Sean when we first started this podcast, I kind of saw what Sean was talking about way more. Now I'm like, yo. He might have had a reason for bouncing. It wasn't just that. But when Cody doesn't say it, you're left to imagine. Exactly. Why did everything Buffalo IG account use the CM Punk video today for Aaron Rodgers? Everyone's making the comparison of Punk and Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But uh, shout out to Buffalo for uh, putting that beat down on the, the cheese heads yesterday, with all due respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're missing the most important piece to all of this. Man, F Hangman Page. 
Yeah, he's the he's the kid. I he's the kid who threw the rock, and everyone else got in trouble, and they know he did it. But everyone's just like, "Well, see you later," you know. Hangman has to go kind of scot free. I agree. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just right place, right time. But listen, we've talked about enough sadness, depressing stuff. I want Sean's initial reaction to this news that came out from the Pro Wrestling Noah Twitter account, mm. bro. Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Great Muda. I don't know if you guys know this, but when it comes to like top 10 Japanese wrestlers of all time, they're both on my list. I'm excited for this. Pro Wrestling Noah is going for it, and I love it. I love it, bro. What did you think of that when you saw that come up, man? Um, For the fan, I'm excited. I think it's a cool concept that allows – the crossover appeal to be able Uh-oh. to get out there, but I think it allows a crossover appeal to get out there. But at the same time, I can see, bro, you're good. So when in a situation pops up like that, you're looking at it like, okay, what's the bottom line here? WWE, in this case, Triple H or whoever else, doesn't do anything uh, by accident. I think Shinsuke Nakamura has been lackluster, not from not by his own fault, but lackluster, and now. This puts him right back in the limelight. I don't think it's a coincidence that he showed up on SmackDown to be with Hit Row, even though I was hoping for Carmelo Hayes, but that's another they story. Were, they, they were trying to get them boys cheered hard. You know, you know what I'm saying? But um, it, it's cool. I mean, it's a cool concept, but it's not – to me, it doesn't make that big of a splash. I think Nakamura Muda is great on paper. I think it shows WWE's open-mindedness, but I don't think their mind is open enough where anything's going to happen moving forward. I think the fans, and rightfully so – are starting to hope that this is going to lead to more. Nobody's over the moon about Nakamura versus versus the Great Muda. I mean, uh, respectfully, respectfully. I, I'm, I'm ha- no. Let me say this. I'm ex- okay. Let me rephrase. I'm excited to see Nakamura versus Great Muda, but I'm not excited to see them thinking that it's going to lead to a real forbidden door being open between the two companies. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I, I've got deep thoughts on this now. Um, all right, how do I want to put this so that this comes off politely? WWE working with them and the New Japan stuff, they're being friendly, but they're going to get something in return. Of course. What do you mean by that? Muda's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame in mm-hmm. 2023, maybe this Mania, maybe next Mania. He's a WCW legend. I don't. If you've never went back and watched Great Muda from like the late 80s, even the early 90s when he was the NWA world champion. And J-Crown champion too, J-Crown champion. That is a fact. Muda is that boy. Go watch Muda versus Barry Windham, Muda versus Sting, Muda versus Flair, uh, Muda and Funk versus Flair and Sting. He is a legend when it comes to this game, bro. He does not play. Straight facts. The difference is WWE doesn't do stuff for kindness. They are triple being the cerebral assassin is the perfect name for what WWE is in this situation. I don't know if people remember this, but let's go back into the Wayback Machine. And Matt Lopez, I got a comment for you that you're probably going to be interested in hearing about. Going back into the Wayback Machine, WWE tried to purchase Noah, the company that's putting on this match. They, they Vince wasn't really feeling the deal. He was like, nah, come on, Noah. Mm-hmm. And the Triple H wanted that to be NXT Japan. Cyber Agent steps in. They purchased them, and they put like two or three companies together. Boom, this is we own all of these companies now. Cool. I get it. Noah's not as big, you know. It's it's a, it's Noah and Stardom are fighting for the number two spot behind New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. 
But now, is Triple H still going to try to get that? Maybe that's out there too. Don't don't be fooled by this stuff. Yeah, let's build a relationship. You guys hurting for money? Yeah, I could be right over there. Yeah, I can help you out. So just peep the game. I think this was more out of respect for Muda. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Nakamura and uh, Muda were both pallbearers, I believe, for Antonio Inoki's funeral. And that's probably what got the ball rolling. Ball rolling, excuse me. And you said Vince would have never let this happen. They were in talks with Vince, and he didn't shut it down. But then Vince left, and then the talks reemerged again. And now we got it. So Vince was kind of backing off of it. We didn't know if he was going to do it or whatnot. So maybe, but probably not, Matt. <laughs> but interesting. I'm excited for the matchup. I really am. All right, again, I'm excited for the match. I just, I'm not excited for what's to come afterwards. I think a lot of people are really excited. ML, you know how hard it, it was not to yell at 4 a.m. when that video get oh, Facts, bro. Facts. The 100%. Look, Muda versus Nakamura. I'm all about it, but it's just not going to lead to anything. If I, if I could leave you with one thing just to say, it's not going to lead to anything else. Don't get your hopes up. Okay. Okay. He's he's preparing everybody for it. Uh, out of the chat, talk about is the chat feeling real oozy or is it just me? I'm feeling real oozy and juicy. Bring back Hoobitude. Uh, let's get juicy. I love that promo before he came back to wrestle Jericho out in the streets. Just talking about some let's get juicy. Over under I have a hot about the bloodline, by the way. Throw it out there. We're we're in the midst. We're talking WWE stuff. We're about to transition here. Go ahead, throw it in here. This run that the bloodline is on right now, we all know Roman Reigns is a first ballot Hall of Famer. In my opinion, I feel like Paul Heyman will be a Hall of Famer. But this this type of faction is what leads to multiple Hall of Fame inductions. The Usos have established themselves as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. The Usos are going to make it by themselves when the time comes. But I'm, th this is the hot take, and maybe it's not that hot of a take. The Bloodline will be a Hall of Fame induction. That's how good they have been. It's unbelievable. I never thought I would be excited again to turn on SmackDown or Raw or anything. The bloodline is what's up. I mean, Sami Zayn has proven me wrong. I'm not ashamed to say it. We talked about this before. Sami Zayn has done something for me that I didn't think he could do. He's charismatic. He's showing the world. He's always been a great wrestler, but I always thought he was lacking on the microphone. He's He's been amazing, amazing. Roman Reigns, I was just watching an old promo, the Suffering Succotash promo or suck whatever, suck attached promo from way back in the day. I mean, you want to talk about a guy changing the game and changing it up and getting himself together? Roman Reigns has, has evolved. Paul Heyman is great like he's always been. This, this, this layer of Jay Uso that I just think is outstanding. And then they planted the seeds of Jay having problems with Solo or Jay having problems with Jimmy. It's been unbelievable. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. BJ, that joke. What are you doing? <laughs> you like New Japan? Noah. <laughs> I see you. I see you, Oos. Uh, Tokyo in the house was good, Tokyo. Bring the real Nakamura back. Hopefully he gets to show out for this. Nakamura probably ain't trying to feel that strong sound. I know Muda's knees ain't trying to feel it either. Muda's got some, listen, cherish these Muda matches while you have them. Because once he does that match with Sting, it's over. He's yeah. done.
So enjoy Muda while you have him. I think I'll try to put up a career retrospective like I did for Liger. Uh, I just love great Muda. So I'll try to keep that in the works. It might be audio only eventually down the line, but I definitely want to talk more about great Muda. Um, I guess that brings us to the next part of the the show, the conversation. It's that crown jewel, my friends. Um, What do you think here, Sean? Are you excited for the show? Overall feelings real quick. I'm moderately excited and I think moderate moderately excited is pretty much all you can expect I think it's gonna be I'm, I'll be watching I'll be watching and I won't just be watching out of obligation to report on it here at clash of the podcast but I'll be watching because I want to watch but I'm not overly excited I'm, I'm particularly not overly excited because I think Bianca's gonna lose the title um and also She's story, didn't she isn't well, Bailey the champ Bailey's the champion didn't she beat her last week I'm the, the think, ending of Raw was very confusing. Well, somebody put me on. I mean, if you're saying that I don't, I didn't know Bailey was a champion. I, I thought think, Bailey really penned her when Nikki. So let, Nikki Cross came out, did the body splash. I thought Bailey that was for the title, right? Or am I crazy? Okay. Chat, let me know. I thought Bailey hit that headlock driver pender, and now the, she's got the rematch. I think that I think it was non-title, but maybe I'm wrong. Someone said, you know what? We're, we're on the internet. We're live, pal. Guess what we're about to do? We're going to WWE.com. Well, Bianca, and I, I, I did that as well. Bianca Belair is the champion, so maybe that was a non-title match. Must have been. Must have been. I think the championship was in the ring then at the end, and she grabbed it, and I was like, oh, is she the champ? Yeah, but I think Bailey's going to win, last woman standing. My bad. That's all good. Who cares? Come on. We're having fun. But um, anyway, to answer your question, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I don't think it's ever – Jay was struggling so the year. I agree to not break character. It's it's only thing I have a problem with Crown Jewel because I think every the show is not going to look too bad. I just don't like what we're looking at for a main event from many times we've had main events, which is you never want the world title match to be a foregone conclusion. Everybody and their brother knows that Jake Paul's not going to win. I don't think that's best for business, no pun intended. You know, you can't have world titles where you just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's no way the champion is going to lose its title, even though it's Roman Reigns, even though he's on the run of a lifetime. I mean, his brother did beat the spider. I mean, maybe. Oh, maybe. God. <laughs> I'm trying, that was a free plug for you. <laughs> I was trying to get- yes, check out the preview. I did correctly predict that fight and check out some post-fight stuff that I did on HubbardWrestleWeekly.com. But that is real life. That Oh, by the way, they, they're actually debating whether that's real life or not. That's a different story for a different day. I was going to say Nate Diaz didn't get suspended like CM Punk did. So, no, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. But, yeah, like, uh, Crown Jewel, how, how do you feel about Crown Jewel? Nah. <laughs> We're going to go through the matches here. Uh, you you could get my feeling as we talk about it, I guess. Nah, that's the best way I could put it. Let's talk about the women's title match since I was wrong about that. My apologies, ladies. Um, Bianca, oh, I should have noticed when Bianca had the championship here. See, I'm looking so fast thinking it's on Bailey's shoulder. So it's Bianca Belair versus Bailey. This is a last woman standing match now, to my understanding. Yes, it is. <sighs> Which is why I think that Bailey's gonna win. This gives me vibes of the Fiend versus Rollins in Crown Jewel. Mm. It feels very weird and it feels very forced. <laughs> Um, but I do think Bailey's gonna win. I think they're just gonna take the title off of Bianca just because. I've had know. a very, I've had a very strong, you know this, both through friendship and through our, our working together. I have a very strong political feeling as it relates to um, 
Bianca's title reign as far as how she was done at SummerSlam two years ago. And I want to go on record. Bianca, all the stuff that happened with Bianca, it's been more than made up for. She's been champion for a long time. She won at WrestleMania. She won back against Becky at SummerSlam. There is nothing else that WWE needs to do to rectify the crap that took place at SummerSlam 2021. That being said, I think Bailey is going to win the title. I agree. I agree. I just think they're going to do it just because because they're trying to force this Bailey getting built up thing. So I'm with you on that. I think Bailey takes home the dub. Here goes this match. Oh God, help me. <laughs> Keep this oh. short and sweet, in my opinion. Oh, Do sweet. not overstay your welcome. And sh- oh, shout out to Omos and MVP who were in Buffalo for the Bills game. They were uh, on TV threatening to slam people through tables, but they didn't because they're heels. I like that because he's a heel. I know you would all cheer it. So <sighs> this is gonna be Mother, bad, ain't it? Mother of God. Has Omas been winned yet? I, I don't know, and I don't care. I don't know, and I don't care. This is the battle. This is like Giant Gonzalez versus versus like I don't know, like, it, it, like two Giant Gonzalez's. Even you know, rest in peace. But two Giant Gonzalez's is, is who. This is ridiculous. Braun Strowman stinks. Omas stinks. They're both horrible. It is true. It is true. What up, sick? I see you on the uh, the Twitch stream. Uh, he went back to Anderson Silva ten years ago. Anderson Anderson Silva was the Muhammad Ali of UFC, and now he's getting paid millions to take dives from social. Friday, Friday afternoon, HubbardWrestlingLeague.com. You will hear my full take on that Anderson Silva taking the dive theory. I got some crazy information for you guys. Check it out. Check it out. I think Bianca's winning as Charlotte or Sasha returns. I don't think we're going to see Sasha until Survivor Series in Boston. Survivor Series even later at Royal Rumble. Facts. Uh, sleeper match, Omos versus Braun Strowman. I don't think you. I don't think you mean literal sleeper. I think you mean no. I'm talking. About I'm going to bed real quick. Oh, get the blanket. Well, I got Braun. They're going to give it to Braun, which I think is kind of ridiculous too. I don't know, man. I don't know what you do with Omas. I don't know at this point. Put MVP with Carmelo Hayes. That's it. That's all I want out of this situation. Conrad, they're both so bad, Conrad. Yeah, I'm trying to make it work, though. I mean, maybe you could help the Street Profits. Or not the Street Profits. Um, Freaking, who were we just talking about on SmackDown? Hit Row. Hit Row needs help, but he ain't going to help them either. I don't know what to do with these guys. We're stuck. Can they be the Twin Towers? Can you make them a tag team? Oh, Jesus. Let's move on. Steel cage match. You got Drew McIntyre versus Darian Cross. Um, I'm really sick of this match. Yeah, me I too. really am. And I think they dropped the ball on Karrion Cross's momentum, too. I think he's kind of staled out oh. a little bit. Oh, for sure. He just disappeared. I don't I don't know what they do with this here either. Because Drew really can't lose it. I feel like Karrion needs the win too, because he's yeah, fact. Trying to get into that match with Roman. I guess I guess Karrion Cross wins, I guess. Yeah, I feel like Drew's like the elder statesman right now. He's in that like Undertaker type role. They probably think he's untouchable, but I don't this think is, he is. This is 2020 Drew would win. Yeah, it's it's a rap Rizzy, man. Give me Karrion for that one. Um apparently Carl Anderson's not gonna be defending his uh never open weight championship in Japan because he's gonna be over here and he can't be in these places at the same time because it's physically not possible. <gasps> so Carl Anderson 
Lou Gallows, AJ Styles versus uh, the boys here. <laughs> you oh, all right over here? I'm sorry. I just I'm I I'm so I didn't mean to disrespect the show. I'm just. Who you got, Grape Street or uh, Bullet Club? <laughs> the Judgment Day, Balor. Uh, I, I guess Judgment Day wins. I guess AJ Styles has been taken down a notch by Gallows and Anderson. I said it down a notch. WWE bringing them back was pointless. It made no – you know what? The Bullet Club or Anderson and Gallows should thank their lucky stars for the Emma return. Because the Emma return last week on SmackDown was the only return that I've seen that was less, I guess, less exciting than than uh, Gallows and Anderson. They are terrible in a WWE setting. I was about to say they suck. They don't suck. But they are not good for WWE. And WWE is not good for them. Right. Um, I'm trying to – sorry, I'm going back on the chat here real quick. Um, I don't know. I guess give the win to – Anderson and Gallows, they kind of needed. They, uh, they're in the same spot they were before. How, how sad is it that you think they need this win and they just came back a couple weeks ago? How sad is that? That tells the whole story right there, brother. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to push a lot of people and do a lot of things at once. And you but, know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, too, because I was a big fan of theirs at first. Judgment Day is on its last legs, too, unless they make a change. Yeah, it's, it's not... Finn, I don't know. It's not Finn, but you know what? It's you know who it's working for? Rhea. Rhea's the one who's taking all the momentum with this right now. Yeah, and also Dominic Mysterio, it's like it's not working. I don't I the problem is I don't want to give up on Dominic. I think a lot of people are writing him off too quickly. I'm not saying the dude's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm just like, let's give the dude a shot yeah, here. I'm not and I'm not giving up on him either. He's very young, but what I'm trying to say is they need I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm saying they need to make a change. There has to be something in that group dynamic that changes because I think the best thing that could have happened for the group was that Ray joined, but they didn't do they didn't go that route. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like the forceful, he's still a baby face, but he's forced to be with them. Mm -hmm. uh, for his son, like his son got him into the game. <laughs> Could you imagine oh. Eddie Winslow got Carl Winslow into a gang? <laughs> and better yet, and think about this, bro. We were this close to having exactly what we needed for Judgment Day. AJ Styles almost joined, which would have been better than what happened. Yeah, they could have had their own bullet club kind of too. And they, you know, the club throwing it up. Um, but after this, separate the Giants on both brands. See, this is my thing with Triple H overall, guys. I know you're hearing me and Sean. You're probably like, man, these guys don't like anything. No, it's Triple not. H has Triple H has until Mania. I'm with. I'll let this stuff ride out for right now, and then when they start talking about that draft split after Mania, that's then when I'm like, okay, Triple H, this is your world now. You're not fixing anything anymore. This is on you. So there you, what do go. you do? That that's how I'm gonna treat it. So for now. I respect it. I see you throwing up the Bullet Club Bloodline segment on SmackDown was better than this Crown Jewel card. That's all right, man. Y'all just wait for Survivor Series if you're disappointed in this. Emma didn't get any reaction on Friday. Ace. Ace. How bad was that, Ace? Unbelievable. I mean, no reaction. Woo! None. Um, let's talk about this matchup here. We've got Crown Jewel, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. This hurts my soul too. Oh, does it? Okay. It hurts. 
Dude, I'm tired of Brock Lesnar just... It's tough to be a black wrestling fan. I'm about to say it. I don't care. I've been waiting waiting three years for you to say... You know how I feel about this crap. It's not fair, bro. I don't want to... Come on, man. Talk about it. It's hot doo-doo butter garbage is what it is. It is. People, in my opinion, deserve better than uh, what we actually going to get smoked by Brock Lesnar. It's going to get smoked. Not even smoked. Smoked for no reason, bro. Yeah. yeah. I just, I hate it. I hate it. Dude. I'll say it. I it's just don't awful. like it. It's an awful booking decision. It's awful on every level. And, and, and it's a shame because Brock is going to win that match going away. And where does that leave Bobby Lashley? I agree with you. I've just been waiting for you to say it out loud because, you know, I've, I've been saying stuff like this out loud for a long time. Naomi and Sasha, all the stuff that's been going on. The Bianca situation I just mentioned back in 2021. It seems like I'll just leave it alone. No, no, no. Speak your mind. Speak no, your just, mind. It seems like, you know, wrestlers of color don't get a fair shake all the time. I'm not trying to make it a racial thing. It's not about that. I love wrestling. That's why we're here. But it just seems like these con- – I mean, co- let's talk about it, man. Let's. Uh, we're not going to get into it too deep. We, we're on a little bit of a time crunch here. But, like, I mean, the ultimate in this was Kofi versus Brock back in 2019 on the on the uh, the debut edition of SmackDown on Fox. Like, it's like oh, – Go off, bro. Go off. I mean, it was just complete ridiculousness. I mean, I I am so pissed about seeing some of these great athletes. You, There's so many different ways to do things. I mean, Kofi getting beaten nine seconds. Brock's probably going to get smoked by Brock at this pay-per-view. Brock also beat... Um, Brock also beat Big E. It's like it just continues to roll and roll and roll and roll. I've never heard an announcer talk crap about people the way they talk crap about Sasha and Naomi ever. I've never heard an announced team go off in real life about a wrestler the way they went off about Sasha and Naomi. And it's hard to not think it's not a coincidence because it's not a coincidence because it doesn't happen with anybody else. It's wrong. But he said, did Vince secretly book this car from a yacht on a laptop? This whole card is buns, not going to lie. By the way, one day I will tell you, sick, in a private message what Vince's yacht is called. He has a name for it. You would you would be surprised. And I'm sure that yacht signed an NDA, too. Yeah, I went there. I'm feeling spicy right now. Brock Lesnar defeats all the black men. Yeah. Listen, and here's the sad part, Sean. Brock needs this W. He's took an L after L after L to Roman Reigns due to poor booking. It's not our fault no. that you book him poorly. So now Lashley has to suffer. You're like, well, who could we have him beat? Bob? No, Lashley made the U.S. title credible. I was actually interested in it when he had it. I was like, yo, he's been crushing. All right, go ahead, Bobby. I wanted to see Chris Masters get brought back in a match between those two. Like, you could have did something for him, something for Lashley. Come on, man. And Let him hold it down. Put in eighty-seven. By the way, uh, AD, uh, great point about the um, uh, you're going to offend the quote-unquote just be happy they even got an opportunity handed to one hundred percent the sarcastic people who don't like to acknowledge the truth. Sick with it. Eighty-seven. Don't forget about Booker T and Triple H. You know what? That was horrible too. Good God Almighty, that was horrible. Uh, it, it it look. I I think I safely speak for Conrad as, as many times as we talked about this on the air and off the air. We're not here to to say that black people always get a bad shake. But I'll tell you, when when black people continue to get a bad shake over and over and over and over and over again, it becomes, look, 
My issue is this. My issue is learning from your mistakes. WWE felt the backlash that happened when Kofi got beat by Brock Lesnar in 2019 on the debut of SmackDown on Fox, right? And then they just turn it around. I can't, I, I, sometimes I have difficulty articulating it because it makes me so angry. You know, Bianca, Bianca and the, and Becky Lynch in SummerSlam 2021. I just said a little earlier that I feel WWE made up for it. The run that, that Bianca's been on has been more than credible to the point where we can kind of maybe put that in our rearview mirror. But once again, it rears its ugly head. Once again, it's another time where we have to kind of like raise our eyebrow and put up a question mark like, did I just see that happen? Or I mean, forget look, if Conrad, if Conrad, if if uh if Bobby Lashley comes out and beats Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel, uh, this whole conversation is moot, right? But is that we all know that's not gonna happen. We know Brock's not gonna get on the plane without winning that match. So come on now. It's not it's not right. It's very, it's very uncomfortable. That's the word I would say, guys. That's the word I would say. It's very uncomfortable. That's the best way to describe all these crown jewel shows, too. Eric Douglas hitting us with a question. Uh, what do you think of Uncle Howdy and Harper will be, in my opinion, Howdy about uh, – I don't know about MJF and Liv. I don't speak on that. I know very little about it. Uncle Howdy, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I feel like it's a tribute to uh, Luke Harper possibly, but we'll have to see. There's more questions than answers right now with Bray, in my opinion. Any thoughts on the mask, Sean? Mm. Can can I tell you something real funny? Oh. I hope all the Bray fans do not get mad at me for this, but I, I was laughing. I don't remember whose podcast I heard it on. Oh, no. It was the homies at Grab City. Shout out. Check them out on Fightful on uh, Saturdays. Uh, they were they mentioned it. And somebody had said it reminded them of – were you a Salute Your Shorts fan? I was. I like that show. All right. Do you remember the Zeke the Plumber episode? Of course I do. <laughs> That's what they said the best was. It's Zeke, the plumber. <laughs> he puts the plunger on people's faces. If you've never seen it, just type in Zeke, the plumber, after the show is over, and I promise you, you'll laugh. And I didn't mean that with any disrespect. I I'm interested to see where this Bray thing goes. Truth Cray, like Cray, Cray, you're in a safe place. Speak your mind. You're in a safe place. Speak your mind. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Uh and thank you, E, for putting in the uh, boat, what the boat is called, the yacht for Vince McMahon. That is the name of it. Uh, people forgot about Emma. We had three black champs back to back to back, and they all got beat by Brock. This is this is not a lie. Check out, check out AD's comment below. Whose comment? AD. AD9. Oh, Rob. I don't see color. I don't see race. I see talent. Man, if you don't sit your booty down and SDF you with all that now, bullshit. Now, I love I love that comment, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure who he's referencing. Uh, is he referencing Vince or? I don't know if that's a Vince thing. I know Cody said that to Brandy one time, and she said she went off on him for saying oh. that. But, you know, oh. we, just hope, we just hope for better, man. And, and hopefully, you know, Lashley shocks the world. But to me, it just seems like, you know, after people of, of, of color get lined up. I mean, look, on a, on a lower level, I say lower because let's be honest with ourselves, Ricochet's kind of on a lower level. Was there really a need for for Ricochet to get squashed by Brock a couple years ago in Saudi Arabia also? It's like, these. it just doesn't make any sense. So it is what it is. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like they feed him tremendous talent, and that's just what it is. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. 
It's hard, know. man. It's hard because we love this industry so much, Conrad. We do. We love it, and we and we, you know, we we have our children raising up in it, and our families, and we're, we're all invested in it. And it's like you don't want to see things get uncomfortable and unfair. And it's like. I, I don't know about you. I know how I felt when I saw Kofi get beat by Brock in nine seconds. I know what I felt on the inside. Listen, my father said something. Mm. And he was upset. Right. And I don't know if you guys ever knew my pops. Pops was a white dude. All right. I'm, I'm biracial for those who don't know. Yes. And he was mad. He was like, why did they do Kofi like that? Yeah. R.I.P. to pops. Mm. But. He even said, like, he was like, why'd they do Kofi like that? Like, he, they were like, you gave him the belt for this long run, and you made him feel important, then you just beat him like that. He was, he just didn't understand either. He was like, eh, you know? And he, he swats his hand at it and keeps it moving. I'm more of the, the podcaster who wants to talk about it and get in depth with Sean about it. But look, there's, there's always a chance that we'll be surprised on Saturday morning. Was it Saturday morning? Yeah, uh, afternoon. Saturday afternoon. Well, you know, when we're having our Saturday afternoon college football coffee, and we switch over to, you know, switch over to Crown Jewel, and and Bobby Lashley wins. I mean, who knows? We'll, we could maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, Eric said they never made Kofi look good as champion. I I thought he did all right. I thought the story was okay. tremendous. Okay. Brian Danson put him over like a million bucks. He ate that trouble in paradise. So. I love the story. I, I had tears in my eyes a little bit. I thought people would have been more excited that I was with watching it, but I, I loved it, man. Like, I, I felt it. I was like, that was a good moment. He was the first African WWE champion. Good for him. And he reps Ghana. That's and also, I got to give respect because there's been – I'm don't. i not going to go too deep into it, Um, get well soon, but there's been some talk about Randy Orton and how he – you know, just, let's just put it like this. Randy Orton has been in controversial spots as it relates to this. And Randy Orton, whether it's – by his own volition, whether it's because he wanted to do the right thing, whether or not he was forced to do it, we'll never know. But that whole, you know, coming full circle, Kofi Kingston storyline from back in the day, leading all the way up to him being champion and beating Randy Orton clean, that was cool too. That was a cool thing as well. Yeah, that that was nice. I think I went to the SummerSlam show where they wrestled each other for it. Uh, the build for Kofi was better than the run. The chase is always better than the, the actual. Um, let's see here. Ooh, ooh, a lot of the culture are borrowing then once they got over they change it up john cena our truth is basically early cena that might be one of the greatest comments i've ever seen and that is a hundred percent accurate i could not for the life of me figure out why the doctor of thugonomics went away when he was about to win the title at 21. That is an outstanding observation, Craig. Outstanding. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I don't like John Cena, truthfully, because he turned on what I yeah. loved about him. He became everything that I disliked. Ooh, you know what I, mean? I love it. This is why this is why we got together, bro, to, to talk about this is what it's all about. Yeah, beast in it. That was an atrocity to good lord. Yeah, yeah, he destroyed it before that. Sick, bringing up something else before we get to the main event here. Did you guys talk about the ladies of AEW going off on JD? We did not bring up JD from New York, a uh, fellow podcaster. I, I think podcasters are going to have opinions, and wrestlers just need to keep it moving if they don't want to interact with them. I don't know. That's the best thing I can say about it. I agree. Uh, let's get to the main event here. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. I think this is going to be a spectacle, Sean. Um, I agree with you. We already know the result for this one as well. It's going to be what it is. Um, 
Yeah, Logan Paul's gonna do everything short of jumping off the top of the stadium, you know, on Roman Reigns to to make a make it a good show. Nobody ever said Logan Paul wasn't a tremendous athlete. He definitely is. Nobody ever said that Logan Paul doesn't love the industry because he obviously does. I think what he's done against the Miz at WrestleMania was cool. I think that he's shown himself to be a true fan. I think he's told showed himself to be serious, but he's not gonna win. So, you know, you have a main event of a pay-per-view. And you know the outcome already. It kind of a little bit of a whole hum kind of vibe, but I respect them. Roman Reigns wins, and I think Logan puts on a really good show. Same, same. I think this will be the test to see how he does under the big bright lights, and if you if he want him to carry a, like a title eventually or do something with him, right. we'll see. We'll see. He's going to get paid for these big spots, and he'll pop up. This isn't the last of Logan Paul, I don't think, guys. So it, just nothing. He was the one who planted the seed about Jay being the head of the table, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, he's starting that drama, see? And now I'm starting to lean into your theory more ever since you said that you were the first person I heard say it. So I, I will Jay, give you that. Listen, I haven't heard the term main event Jay Uso in a long time. Jay Uso is a talented SOB. Jay Uso, I predict, I'm going to throw it out here right here on Clash of the Podcast, bro. I predict Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. Okay. He's going, he's going for the gold. Uh, should be a good one, but Logan ain't winning. You guys are not wrong about that. Let's get to our last topic of the day so we can get you guys out here getting some candy or handing out some candy. Fun topic, man. Um, we were going back and forth about it, and I think it just came into my head. Let's talk some spooky wrestlers, man. Who are some of your favorites? Who scared you as a kid? Like, let's just talk some spooky wrestlers real quick for a few minutes. Um, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of clowns. So evil doink, which I think doink was started out as evil. That was, that was, <laughs> so yeah, evil doink kind of shook me up a little bit. I mean, obviously he mellowed out and got, became a baby face later on. Um, he was cool. Papa Shango was off the chain too. We all know him for his most popular gimmick was the Godfather, which I definitely enjoyed as a teenager, but as a kid, Papa Shango did kind of scare the crap out of me. Um, and I'll do one fun one when I was very, very young, when we were very, very young, uh, that I had to look back on and find out about later on. Kevin Nash, Oz in the 90s. Oh, that mask. Yes. That mask. Yes. It's so bad. Now. It's so, we're Kevin oh, look at that one. It's trash, right? Exactly. exactly. With Kevin Sullivan under the mask. It's so bad, dude. Oh, my goodness. Um yeah, y'all can keep talking about it. It'd be a great swerve if Paul won. He ain't winning. <laughs> uh, someone mentioned the Boogeyman. He is not my favorite, but I do have to give Boogeyman respect. I put him on the poster just because the Boogeyman is definitely uh, eating the worms and all that. That it's, There's just something unsettling about that. That's just nasty, bro. <laughs> That's just nasty. When I was a kid, you know who used to scare me? The Undertaker, bro. The first time I went to my very first show... I think it was in Niagara Falls. I can't remember. It was in like one of the old dingy places. I was small enough to where my dad could have me on the shoulder so I could see the main event. British Bulldog and Undertaker. I remember the lights went down and I remember grabbing my dad like, yo, he's like, are you scared? I'm like, no, 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 no. And then the lights, you could feel the arena get cold. I feel like they yeah. knew to turn they the air yeah, so that you knew, and I was like, "Yo, I'm scared of this dude, yo. Like, he looks pale, and he's just walking slow, dude. You hear the funeral music? Paul Bears out there. Oh, yes. That was just- that was the first time. You'll laugh at this. That was the first time that I figured out about like stuff with him. Even though we were probably we're basically the same age, so I'm thinking like seven, six, seven years old. That was the first time I thought about the business side, even as a young, young kid, because I was like, 
okay, this Undertaker who has terrorized Hogan, has terrorized the Warrior, all of a sudden he's a babyface and he hasn't, he's still the same guy, but he's a babyface now. And I'm supposed to believe that I'm supposed to cheer for this guy? No way. I'm not cheering for him. He's still the same guy. I did love watching the um the funeral parlor though, where they had the set all set up and they would interview someone and Jake smashed Taker's hand into the casket. I used to love that as a kid, man. Or when he put Warrior in it, I remember that stuff like just having oh, like man. horror like memories of like, oh my gosh, man, what if that actually happened? Um, <laughs> Rob, if you don't get out of here with this Fantasio, nobody <laughs> like that dude. <laughs> uh, Early 90s Undertaker scared me too, Matt Lopez. Somebody said Heidenreich. Oh, my God. Heidenreich scared me because he took up TV time. That's why Heidenreich scared me. Heidenreich should have been scared of what the writers were coming up for. That go. stuff was horrible. There you go. Um, showing my age here, but the great Kabuki, that black tongue Ooh. and the gig forehead. Oh, that was a good one. Nice. Kane was scary to me. Kane had his moments. Kane did have his moments when he first came no, in. Call me, call me kind of sick in the head. I thought Kane was cool. Kane, Kane was, I was a little like miffed by him because he gave right. me Michael Myers vibes. Like he would just turn his head to talk in the beginning. When he didn't talk, he was perfect. Like right. no speaking and he, oh, he would just look at you funny. You're like, is he my friend or? Well, I, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Because I think I'm a little bit of a, a you know a, a typical fan. When he joined DX, like you know, as an honorary member, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, with X Pac and the homies. Yeah, I like that. That was fun though. Until until they had him talk, man. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Um, I don't know who that's supposed to be. Rob is censored. Whatever you wrote. To be fair, every babyface first title chase. Uh, Gargan Johnny Gargano's been horrible lately too. Eric, I don't. Even, I, I love Johnny Gargano. They're ruining him just like they ruined Bobby Roode. It's happening all over again. It, it's going back to that the way thing or whatever they were doing. Yo, that was not funny. That was trash mm -hmm. in my opinion. I did not like any of that. Abdullah the Butcher was he scary? Ooh, he was good. Yeah, he, was he had a fork in his hand. I yep. ain't messing with him, Robert. Put the <laughs> I, I think I have a good. I think I have a good. Um, a good voice though. What's the voice? Um, you got um, the Taskmaster was Kevin Sullivan. So, who was the boss of Kevin Sullivan? The Taskmaster. Remember the big uh, guy with the with the bald head? Yeah, I can't remember who he was. He was a wrestler though. I think okay. before so that. I think I got his voice down. The Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Mortis. Mortis was a good one, man. Shout out to Canyon, man. RIP to him, too. Oh, my goodness. Never again. Grizzly Smith is spooky, too. If you know, you know. Come on now, Rob. Come on. We ain't even telling them stories. I know what was scared Hubbard Strowman in another WWE World title. Run. ML, ML, I'd be terrified. It'd be the worst Halloween situation of all. Braun Strowman with any kind of belt over his shoulder is a freaking nightmare. I agree with you, brother. Uh, Cray said Goldust. Yo, Kevin Sullivan was a scary dude, too. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan in Florida was definitely scary. That was the whole satanic, like, they were all worried about anything. Waylon Mercy, oh, my. Waylon Mercy gave me Bray Wyatt vibes when he first yeah. came in. Holtley yeah. or Bray. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone else. You know who's a good modern-day scary one that doesn't get enough credit? I think Pentagon, when he was in Lucha Underground. He would come out. That there was something about that dude. He's ruthless. You know, it's, you know what the the sad part is. It's like I'll never appreciate him for the for the scariness because I'm a grown man now. Like I'm sure the kids feel that way though. Yeah, 
Yeah, when he went up against uh, Marty the Moth, shout out to him. First interview I ever had, if you guys want to look in the archives. Uh, really fun, man. Really fun match that they had with the fork and uh, in the lunchbox. It was just nasty. Um, another one that I love, Fangin' and Bangin' my man Gangrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was always good, too. I remember when I first saw him as Vampire Warrior in uh, PWI. I'm showing my age now as like a five-year-old reading about Vampire Warrior. I'm like, yo, this dude looks pretty cool. Yeah, he and then was. he came in years later as Gangrel. Got his opportunity. Too bad, he, too bad he was alongside two of the most charismatic superstars of all time, and he lost his edge, no pun intended. Is that supposed to be the maestro? <laughs> or no, he wasn't the maestro. Uh, what was Prince? He was the artist, Prince Ike. Prince- and 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 Chris Jericho's words, Prince Ookie Luki. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> that was so cool. Prince Chad, what's good, bro? Chad, make sure you check out my man Hover Wrestling Weekly too. Y'all better not come in here and just say what up, Conrad. Show Sean some love too. Okay, he did. He did. I'm sorry. I didn't see. I didn't scroll yet. What up? What up? Pentagon said what up. Uh, Vader wasn't scary, but he, he was Im- uh, excuse me, intimidating. Yeah, Vader, WCW Vader was the man. Arguably the best big man of all time. I, I kind of give the nod to Yoko, but Vader was amazing. Uh, BJ said the ministry. They were all right. They were all right. Ministry had their moments. The uh, the wedding. Where's Derek? I need him to do the Ken Shamrock when he had Christian the ankle lock. Where is she? Where is she? He always remembers that. I don't know why. Ringside Sub Hub. What's good, bro? What's happening, man? Uh, appreciate you joining us. Luna Vashon, yeah. Anytime she became someone's girlfriend, it was over. I always give you guys one. Make sure you go to the network. I'm not plugging the network. Make, that's why I'll just say the network. Make sure you go to the network. Look up WrestleMania 9, the conclusion of Tataka versus HBK for the Intercontinental Championship. Luna Vashon beats the crap out of Sensational Sherry in a way that I don't think Sensational Sherry ever got her butt kicked ever. Back. Someone said the Sheik. Yeah, you don't mess with him or the Iron Sheik. Sheiky, baby. Yep. Seeing Midian's uh, it was a symbol, <laughs> as WWE would right. say. Uh, me. The oddities. Yeah, shout out to my man Earthquake. Yo, where's Rob? Rob in the chat always puts Earthquake's age. Anytime we see him, he's like, yo, this dude was like 24 right here. And I'm like, yo, that's so... You ever, like, watch 80s basketball players, dude? Their hairlines are like mine right now, like, all the way back. They're just like, yo. Like, you think they're, like, 39, and they're, like, 24, 25. It's crazy. Man. No, no, no. Different Prince. Uh, He was the leader of the Dungeon of Doom. And, oh, that was Yes, yes. I thought you were talking about Prince Iakea. My bad. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The master. Okay. So he must have the same name. Wow. I'm going to have to look that up. Mankind. Mankind with the rat promos were definitely scary to me. Yes. Right? Uh, some Conrad, my Steelers need to sign me for their offensive line. <laughs> I saw people begging uh, the Packers to sign Omas yesterday at the Bills game. They were like, get that dude on the line. Suit up. Suit up. Um, it's been a wonderful uh, conversation with really you guys. Are. Good stuff. Uh I love it, man. Next week, we're coming big time. We're going hard. It's episode 10. 10. 10 weeks straight, man. 6.05. You guys know where to be every single Monday when it comes for the show. Sean, I'm going to let you uh, give us the exit here and let everybody know where they can find us. All the stuff's in the description, man. Thank you for doing another episode with me, but let the people know where they can get at you, man, and what you're working on. Thank you, my brother, my humble brother, my, my super talented brother that doesn't want me to tell anybody. Thank you. Um, listen, you already know what it is, man. Everything pro wrestling every Wednesday night, 
10.05 Eastern Standard Time after the completion of AEW Dynamite, the best review. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boy. He's super on top of everything AEW on Wednesday night. So make sure you check him out. Make sure you check me out on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and the Hubbard Wrestling YouTube channel because I'll be dropping a really cool retrospective look. I know we usually do retrospectives on wrestling, but I'm going to do a retrospective on Tyson versus Douglas from February of 1990, the biggest upset arguably in the history of boxing. So look out for that and make sure you check us out once again every Monday, 6.05 Eastern Standard Time, just like back in the day when WCW Saturday Night was on, but we're doing it on Mondays, 6.05, right here on the EPW channel. We have audio of this show on both channels, both uh, website. So you're, you're not going to be lost in the shuffle any way, shape, or form. And as always, he's the big homie Conrad. I'm Sean. And as I like to say, for encouragement on this Halloween, evil never prevails. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.